Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space, so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Be sure to add Love You Mean It in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Hi everybody, it's Erin and welcome back to this week's episode of the Love You Mean It podcast. This week's episode is not a solo. I'm going to be on the track with Meg in just a moment, on the microphone if you will. But I just wanted to put a quick trigger warning to this episode. This week we are interviewing Haley Lawler and we talk about all sorts of things from body positivity versus body neutrality. We also talk about finding self-confidence in your body and loving your body, but we also do talk about her struggle with her binge eating disorder, and we talk about eating disorders and recovery in general and how she got through that. If you're someone who's triggered by the topic of eating disorders, I wanted to throw out this trigger warning for you guys so that you had the option to click off this episode before it affected you negatively. But without further ado, we'll just get into this episode, and I hope that you guys love it as much as we did. Hi everybody, it's Erin and Meg and welcome back to this week's episode of the Love You Mean It podcast. This week we're so excited. We're talking about a bunch of important topics like diet culture, gaining weight during quarantine, loving your body for how it is, all that like toxic Instagram culture, Mm -hmm. just all that shit we are unpacking in this episode. Yeah, all of these topics are so important to us and we're really just here to spread, spread the love. Love you mean it, you know? We had a lovely guest on this week. Her name is Haley Lawler. I think she's our third podcast host. (laughs) Yeah, she's wise beyond her years. I feel like she just had such amazing stuff to say. She's getting her doctorate at Boston University in occupational therapy, so she actually is qualified to talk about this stuff. Unlike a lot of the people that you see on Instagram who are self-proclaimed coaches, Haley is actually certified. And she also does like her own one-on-one like health coaching, which kind of sounds redundant from what we just said. Yeah, but she does like one-on-one personal coaching where she helps people with whatever their goals are in a healthy way, which is really important. This is kind of a joke because like Erin and I always say, that like people that are health coaches or something that's like they're in an MLM Mm -hmm. if you don't know what an MLM is it's multi-level marketing other people call it pyramid schemes all that stuff a lot of that stuff is gimmicky and it kind of seems like they're just out to get money but Haley is literally just not like that at all she's the complete opposite she is doing this for the right reasons you guys can hear her talk about it she just seems so sincere and genuine And, like, as a person who suffered from an eating disorder, she knows what it's like to hate your body and to have that internal conflict. So I think she can really help people from another level because she just understands what it's like to feel that way. Yeah, we really dove deep into her eating disorder recovery and then all the topics we said before, like loving your body, which I think is especially important now. But I think it's just always such an important topic to talk about. And we are so... Like, I don't know, we're just so thankful that she wanted to come on the podcast and was willing to open up about such a serious topic with us. Yeah, but on a lighter note, we're just going to do some housekeeping. So we recently just did our second giveaway. Dun, dun, dun. Um, we're so excited. Congrats to the winner. If you guys want us to do more like merch giveaways in the future, please let us know. Maybe we, we would... could do one for like 2000 or something. Yeah, we'd love to hear it. Maybe we could do like t-shirts and sweatshirts or something like that. We would love to do that. Who would like that? 
for you. Yeah, that would be a nice giveaway. <laughs> you like, can, can, I, can I enter in our own giveaway? I know. <laughs> yeah, but so just let us know if you guys have any ideas. Also, if you have any, like, colors that you want something in, like a design scheme, like literally anything. I am so receptive to that stuff. I'm going to be working on some new designs, uploading it. I will be, of course, adding it to the story and to the feed so that you guys can see it. And yeah, we'll try and let you know when there's sales and stuff because we want you to get the merch for as cheap as you can. Redbubble is not the cheapest option, but it's like the best option for us in this current moment. Yeah, so. I mean, like, obviously, we're a small business. We're not working out of a factory or anything. Yeah. We can't just make, like, a bulk of orders and be like, oh, I hope they sell. Yeah. Like, we're really just doing them kind of made to order, if that makes yeah. any sense. And so we're really grateful for the support that we've gotten so far on everything. But if you guys are new here, also, we have a link in the show notes of every single episode where you can donate to the podcast. We by no means expect anybody to donate at all. But we really do appreciate people that donate money monthly. It really means a lot to us. I've also been seriously considering, hear me out, I don't really think we'd do it anytime soon, but maybe when we get a little bit bigger, but a Patreon. Yeah. I feel like that could be really fun. I don't know if you'd want to explain how we could put, like, the visual episodes or, like, more content on there. Yeah, so we could upload like the visual versions of our episodes up so you could watch us on youtube i love doing that with other podcasts Mm -hmm. i think it adds another layer of just like humor and stuff because you can see people's facial expressions and we're very expressive yeah so (laughs) if you saw our faces like y'all would die but (laughs) so i think that's like a really cool concept we could also probably do like exclusive merch we could do like an like an extra bonus episode. Like that's what I'm thinking. Like a month, maybe like two a month or something. That's what I was thinking too. Because we like obviously we're best friends with roommates. Like all the stuff. Like we're constantly talking. Like yeah. I feel like it could be really great to do like maybe two bonus episodes like a month and upload it like exclusively to the Patreon. We could do different tiers. Maybe we'll do like a poll or something. Like they wouldn't be expensive. Probably like a dollar, like three dollars, because it's like. Yeah, I I love Patreons. Like I'm subscribed subscribed to a few that are just like one dollar, mm-hmm. and but like you can literally pay whatever you want sometimes, which yeah. I I like because if like if you want to support someone, you could do like ten dollars a mm-hmm. month, or you could just do like bare minimum one. I just feel and like that's like be literally so fun. that's literally nothing. I know, like one dollar. Like you can't buy anything with one dollar, but you can buy our content with one dollar. Like because we we're could, cheap bitches. Exactly. Like we could do like bonus episodes. We could do like stickers that we have. I don't know, just, like, stuff like that. So maybe we'll do a poll in the upcoming weeks and see if you guys would like that because I just think it would be really fun. And then also follow us on Instagram, at Podcast, Medgrown's Instagram. That's where you find out about future episode topics where we post just Meg posts pretty much daily. Yeah, for the most part, I try to. Yeah, and we ask you guys questions on there. And really, this is where we interact with you the most. So if you're ever wanting to get kind of, like, a deeper, more intimate look into the podcast, definitely follow us on Instagram. The link is down below. But without further ado, we're going to get into everyone's favorite segment, our only segment. So this is the Love You Meet It podcast. Every week, we talk about what we're loving, but we also talk about what we're hating. We don't fuck with that toxic positivity. As you'll hear in this episode. Yeah, we want to bring you guys along for the highs and the lows. And as always, I'm going to talk about what I'm hating this week. And what I'm hating is global warming. I know that's kind of... <laughs> the way you just like said that, what I'm hating is global warming. That's kind of just like a very like... I guess like general broad yeah. thing that I'm hating. But recently, like if you guys don't know, we live in the Northeast. We live in Connecticut. And usually like this time of year, it's pretty cold. Usually like I'd say like... 50s Mm -hmm. it's recently this past week has been in the 70s and that just like honestly really scares me it's not cutting it 
Um, I remember like as a kid it always being really cold. I've seen a huge difference in the past like 10 years even just living here. I don't know. I'm just kind of worried. Also I hate that it's still warm because I just want to wear like flannels and like thick sweaters and mm -hmm. sweatshirts. But I sweat <laughs> and I hate it. I know that's like a selfish reason to hate global warming but like it also scares me. It's also scary. I mean. Yeah and like I'm just thinking about like the folks out there on the west coast that still have to deal with like Fires. fires and like trying to rebuild from that and just like we're just seeing all the consequences of global warming like there there's more and more hurricanes and all this stuff so it's it's just something to pay attention to it's something that we need to be mindful of and anyone that doesn't believe in global warming is like honestly I think crazy mm -hmm. like there's just so much data supporting it I don't know. I just think you should want to make this a better place for future generations. Mm -hmm. And if you're not, you're a dick. So yeah. um, stop capitalism. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's pretty much as simple as that. We're recording this episode on October 22nd. And this episode goes up October 26th, I believe. Mm -hmm. And it was 72 degrees today. Yeah. And the humidity was 94%. No, it's just like, it's crazy. Like, it should be like 50 degrees. Like, even at night, tonight, it's only going to be in the 50s. Yeah. Like, at night, the nighttime temperature. That's yeah. wild. It should be like, in, there should be frost. And mm -hmm. I have not seen frost. Yeah. So that's really scary. Yeah, I definitely don't like that. But what I'm hating this week, I feel like what you're hating is always like so serious. Like it's like the patriarchy and global warming. And I'm I like, know. And I'm like, what I'm hating this week is construction. Well, so construction's annoying as hell though. We talked about it a few weeks ago that we had street sweeping on our street. And like on Thursday nights, you can't park on the left side. And then on Friday nights, you can't park on the right side or vice versa. Randomly yesterday, I was at work and Meg texted me and was like, they hung up like emergency order, no parking signs on our street. And on both it's sides. It's on both sides. And it doesn't say, like, a date or a time or anything. It just said no parking. It literally just says no parking. No one's gotten tickets or anything, and it's been a day. But I'm just really confused. And then, like, everyone, like, moves their cars off the street except for, like, maybe two or three people. But, like, there's, like, I thought, like, maybe they were doing street sweeping on both sides. But, like, the leaves are still there. There's no construction on our street. And so I'm just really confused. Yeah, I don't really know what's going on with that. But we had to move our car. Mm -hmm. Like, our car is, like, a couple streets over, and it's just really annoying. Yeah, and, so. like, obviously, like, what we're hating and loving doesn't always have to be something super serious. It's just, like, this uh, this week, honestly, was a pretty good week for me, and that's really all I have to give you guys. I don't know. I feel like they're just trying to squeeze all this last-minute shit in before winter. Yeah. Which is, like, honestly really annoying. Yeah. But, like, I guess I, mean, I like, understand. I guess I would rather have them do it now before, like, the world's, like, a second away from being shut down again, and then we're in the apartment and just have to hear all this construction. So, I mean, yeah. I guess, but also I hate it. So, what are you loving this week, though? What I'm loving this week is my heated blanket. So, a couple of weeks ago, my boyfriend John and I were at Costco. I love heated blankets. I love weighted blankets. I, I just have one, too. I just love blankets in general. They're, like, my thing. I'm a tourist, so I, you know I love that comfort. That's literally the most important thing to me. I saw them, and they're, like, the soft, like, micro plush, like, heated blankets. Mm -hmm. So, you know that's that good shit. And so I was like, oh my god, I really want one. And John was just like, oh yeah, I'll buy it for you. And I was like, damn, okay, sugar daddy. <laughs> so he got me a heated blanket. And he was like, I've never used one before. And I was like, oh wait, god. are you serious? So I put it on him. Y'all, he finessed my blanket. He literally took it. Like every time we sat on the couch, he would he would like just put it on himself. And I was like, are you kidding me? I'm like, okay, Indian giver. Like you're going to give me a gift and you're then literally so take it back. So then we went to Costco like a couple weeks after the fact and I got another blanket and I was just like, you're getting this for me. This is actually my mm -hmm. blanket now. 
And so we got them in two different shades of gray. His is like a dark like charcoal gray and then mine is like a soft like heather gray I would mm -hmm. say. And they're just really cute. They're just little throw blankets so they don't take up that much space and they get really hot. I have to say. Mm -hmm. I think they were only like $40 at Costco and it's the it's like Brookstone, like that's the brand. So if you guys are interested, you can pick that up at Costco. I know they also, like, it, even if you're not a Costco member, you can still order from Costco online. I think they just charge you, like, $3 for a fee or something. But, like, that's really not, like... It's not bad. Bad. And you're still getting it at, like, a reduced price because they're, like, wholesale versus, like, if you went to the Brookstone store and bought it, it would definitely be more expensive. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. If you're looking for a good heated blanket, I know that's a great present for holiday gifts. I've gifted heated blankets before and, like, everyone loves to get one. So, if you don't know what to get for someone, that's a great present. Yeah. What are you loving, Erin? Okay, also, quick segue, I cannot wait to do another holiday gift guide. Oh, same, We did one last year. It was, like, our third episode ever, which is so cute that we're, like, I mean, we're coming up on our 11-month anniversary, yeah. but I just can't wait to do, like, a holiday gift guide in the future. But anyways, back to what we were saying. Well, I'm loving this week. Okay, so I, I know because Meg has done horoscope posts on the Instagram in the past that, as an Aquarius, I hate when people, like try and get me to do stuff like something that like Aquarius I mean it's not that they're stubborn it's just that they're like oh I don't like it's, it's you're independent yeah it's it's literally like the definition of like oh I'm not like other girls and like, a rebel yeah it's like, like rebellious yeah, it's so like, if like if someone wants you to do something you're like oh word I'm gonna do the complete opposite yeah it's like you don't like people like telling you to do things or people being like oh my god do this like it's, you're like oh my god I'm not like other girls like I don't want to do that because everyone's doing it and so I hate when people are like oh my god Aaron like you should try this but I've learned in my three years of friendship with Meg that normally when she does tell me to do things that it is a good idea. It's and just really funny though because like like I'm a tourist so I'm super stubborn and Erin just like doesn't like to listen to suggestions mm -hmm. so like and I like will force my suggestions on her and I'm like you need to do this and she's like <laughs> and like tourists always think they're like right and stuff and like it's impossible to like argue with them because they're just so fucking stubborn but like I'm like Erin you need to do this I literally like choke her out and mm -hmm. she's like no. Yeah, I'm like, She's I like she literally to. puts up so much resistance and it drives me fucking crazy. But then she'll like she'll eventually give in mm -hmm. one day when I like stop and then she's like, Oh my god, you were right. And yeah. I was like <sighs> that was like power. No, I can't even imagine how that feels to have me be like, Oh my god, Meg, that was such a good idea. Like it's four like four months later. It it's literally what I imagine heroin to feel like. <laughs> Okay, but sweet release. Basically, Sorry for cutting you off. But basically, what this is all drawing back to is Meg has been talking about this drink for like two weeks, probably like a week. But because Meg told me to try it, of course I did not. But <laughs> Meg and I work at a coffee shop together, and if you guys didn't know, an Americano is just espresso, and you can do hot water or cold water. I normally do them iced, and so it's basically an Americano, and you add honey and cinnamon. And we like almond milk, but we prefer it. And so we put that on top of an iced Americano. And oh my god. I just love like cinnamon in coffee just in yeah. general. And so it just tastes amazing. And I don't even like sweet stuff that much. I only put maybe like a tablespoon of honey, which I guess mm -hmm. is a lot. But like I made a large for myself. And it was so good, guys. So I highly recommend trying it. Even if you just have like straight up coffee, I feel like that would be good in that as well.
Yeah, apparently Aaron told me that's like a South African thing. Yeah. To put honey in your coffee. I would drop, she would never come on the podcast because she is so perfect and beautiful and amazing. But there's this girl, her name's Emma Leger. Mm-hmm. And she's a Canadian like influencer, YouTuber, blogger, all this stuff. She has like 600,000 followers. Mm-hmm. Her, well, they recently broke up. So, oh. but um, they were together for seven years. I can't even imagine doing like yeah but well, um it's really cool though they're like they're like so like amicable and stuff mm-hmm. like he just came out with an album and like she shared it and stuff and oh, was like i'm so proud nice. of you yeah. so okay kind of a t- damn i'm really tangent tangenting going tangenting? on a, going off no, on the tangent tangenting tangenting yeah. <laughs> basically her boy her ex-boyfriend steve his parents are south african and so like they would go to cape town all the mm-hmm. time to like visit his parents and apparently that's just a thing there which I didn't even know. So it's like they have honey in their coffee every day. And I was like, that's crazy. It just sounds disgusting. Like at first I was like, what? But someone kept ordering it. And I was just like, that just sounds fire. So mm-hmm. what I did was I just put honey in and then I poured the shot of espresso. And then I also took just like ground cinnamon and I poured it in. And then I like mixed it all together to like dissolve the honey. And then also to like incorporate the cinnamon. And... Like, sometimes, like, I've noticed when I put, like, cinnamon in my coffee, like, it kind of just clumps together. Mm -hmm. But when you, like, prepare it this way, it, like, I don't think it clumps at all. I didn't get any clumps of cinnamon, which was nice. But you get the flavor. Mm -hmm. I think it, like, kind of melted a little bit. I thought it was so easy to make. Yeah, it was really, really, and it's just so good. And I feel like it's such a better alternative to using, like, fake artificial sweeteners like, like those flavor shots, like honey is so good for you and has so many like health benefits to it. And it, fun fact, if you're suffering from seasonal allergies, if you use local honey, it actually like alleviates some of your symptoms. Okay, T, I should try that because I've been a little, I've been a little rough. Yeah, so just it's been better recently, for, but like a lot of like markets or sometimes like grocery stores will sell local products. So if you can get your hands on some on some local honey, that's a great remedy for allergies. Mm-hmm. but yeah so just a little tangent again before we wrap up this intro i just want to pose a quick question obviously you can't answer this right now maybe we'll post it on like the post or like do it like a poll or something how many of you guys dip your chicken nuggets in honey i think nate does that that's a thing i think i know that people do that i think nate does that but sorry that, that just made I mean, me think like i've had like honey hot wings before i know like i'm a big fan of hot honey yeah i same. Ma- i make my own hot honey so like i i don't have like a recipe for it really i just take honey and i use sriracha because of like the consistency of it makes it really easy to blend with the honey because it's more of a sauce rather than like a liquid like a lot of other hot sauces mm-hmm and then I also add some red pepper flakes, and then I just stir it up, and it's I add so it good. on sandwiches. You can literally put it on, like, anything. You, like, you could do it on, like, avocado toast. You could do it on an egg sandwich. You could do it. It's great on, like, a breakfast burrito or anything like that. But, yeah, so, like, I've had hot honey wings before, but I've never, like, dipped chicken tenders in honey. Mm-hmm. Like, honey mustard, yeah. Yeah. Love, so, would live and die for honey so mustard. So, that's what I'm saying. Like, I love honey mustard, so maybe I would like it. But um, I was going to say comment down below, but... As I said, maybe we'll try and pull the audience somehow, but... I don't know if I could do straight honey. I think I could either do, like, my hot honey sauce or do, like, I guess just honey mustard. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if I could do that. That's kind of weird. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, thank you so maybe much. I'm missing out. Yeah, maybe. But thank you guys so much for listening to this intro. We are so excited to have you guys hear the episode of Haley. And, yeah, we'll be right back. Okay, everybody, we are back with Haley, and she's just going to tell us a little bit about herself. 
Yeah, hi, my name's Haley. I currently am living in Boston with my boyfriend and my corgi, Ellie. She's five months old. I'm currently going to Boston University to get my doctorate in occupational therapy. I have my bachelor's of science in health and wellness from the University of New England, and I am an online health coach. Have you always been interested in the topic of health and wellness? I mean, like, when I was, like, I feel like when everybody is younger, they want to be, like, a veterinarian or, like, mm-hmm. yeah. or but <laughs> when I was applying to college, I wanted to do something that was focused in health and wellness, yeah. I wanted, like, a job where I could just, like, help people every day, you know? Oh, that's, that's so like, cute. a cool way of looking at it, too. Like, did, like, did you do, like, sports and stuff when you were younger, and, like, did that kind of inspire it in a way? Yeah, I actually tore my ACL in eighth grade, Ooh. which is, like... Eighth really grade? young <laughs> yeah that's really young oh my god uh, wow yeah so like going through like the rehab process uh-huh. that's kind of what made me like interested in occupational therapy and then I kind of got into like fitness and working out and that's how I became a health coach so mm-hmm. yeah okay. I mean like yeah that sucks that you tore your ACL so young but that's like so cool like the way that it like built up to like everything you're doing now yeah for people who might not know, like, what is occupational therapy? Oh, yeah. Like, how would you describe it? This is a really hard question, like, to not compare it to physical therapy. Like, mm-hmm. in class, they're always, like, never use the words physical therapy when you're describing <laughs> your own profession, but I'm going to. If you had a stroke and you couldn't use one side of your body, a physical therapist would work on trying to build your muscles again so you can, mm-hmm. like, walk or do whatever. An occupational therapist focuses on like actual occupations. So instead of trying to like build muscle and taking a more like anatomical approach an occupational therapist will work on like things that are meaningful to you. So like learning how to cook an egg again, how to brush your teeth again, how to modify your environment around your house. So it like fits to what you need. So that's why I chose it. Cause it's so like personalized, like it caters to like people's actual like interests and like goals versus mm-hmm. like I'm going to help build your muscle again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I always think of physical therapy as more like athletic. Like you said, you're building the muscle again, but I think of occupational therapy as just like help with living and like helping you like transition and make your everyday life better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Totally. You know, and especially like all the things that like people have to go through and then have to like get to occupational therapy a lot. Like it's so intimate. Well, especially with like something like you talked about strokes before you might never get some of the function back. So, like, your whole life has changed after that. So, like, you have to make these adjustments for life. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to think about, like, even the little things, like, stuff that you might not be able to do anymore. And that's what you're there for. Oh, my God. I know. Like, I know, like, my school took, like, a tour of, like, a hospital when I was in, like, middle school or mm-hmm. high school. And they were talking about, like, having to, like, button your shirt. And yeah. I was like, that's something that people don't even think about. Yeah. But Haley's here to help. Yeah. But... <laughs> I wanted to talk about like your Instagrams. Your Instagram is great. We're obviously going to link it down below. What was the journey starting like a health and wellness Instagram and all of that? When I went to undergrad, I didn't have a lot of friends. So I was like, you know what? I have all this spare time. Like I'm just going to go work out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was really stressed. I had no way to kind of cater to that stress. So I started going to the gym And I didn't have any information as to like what I should be doing or how I should be doing it, like what I should be eating. Like I was just like looking on Pinterest, like 
ab workout or like booty work, you know, like I just didn't know. So I made an Instagram because I wanted to connect with other people who were learning how to lift. Mm -hmm. And then I got immersed in this like toxic fitness culture that was like, you need to look like this. You need to be smaller. Like you need six pack abs. You need all these things. And I dealt with that pressure and I wasn't able to like learn how to move my body in a healthy way. So I developed a binge eating disorder. The binge eating disorder lasted three years and it was a kind where I just overate due to emotions. It was really intense. And I went and saw a eating disorder specialist that gave me therapy that was specific to those who were trying to recover from eating disorders. I went through that entire journey, shared it on my Instagram. And then I got into powerlifting, competed. It was awesome. I learned that lifting weights made me feel so empowered as a woman. It feels like society kind of puts us into these boxes. Like we need to be smaller and smaller and smaller. Lifting weights has kind of taught me that I can be more of myself. And that's not just like with the way I look, but with my personality, be more interesting, more awesome, more exciting, more intelligent, just be more of myself overall. I kind of carried that message along with me through my Instagram. And in the past year, I've really grown with it. It's fun. Like I'm working with like a bunch of different brands. I'm working with Liquid IV. And then I developed an online coaching program because I feel like when I started, I would have benefited so much from an online health coach, but everything's so freaking expensive. I can't pay $200 for someone to give me workouts and accountability, like all the things. I, I just can't pay for that, especially when yeah. I'm in college. Yeah, mm -hmm. no. I'm getting my doctorate, so I'm like, you know, I can do something on the side. It doesn't have to be incredibly lucrative. It can just be meaningful to me and exciting and I can help people, which like I said before, that's what I like to do. So I have a really affordable online coaching business now where I'm helping people kind of reach their goals in a way that doesn't feel like they're trying to be like smaller and smaller and smaller. Instead, we're really focusing on how can you develop that confidence with yourself and like you want to be smaller? Why? Is it because society's telling you to? Is it because you don't have a good relationship with yourself? Like, let's build that up again. And it's a really big focus on just self-love and finding confidence and happiness with yourself. So that's my little Instagram story. <laughs> I just like, I love that. I feel like it just like shows how grave a person you are. Is that like you're going to school for occupational therapy to help people? And then you um, like additionally make an Instagram to help people in your spare time yeah in your spare time just like helping more people like I feel like that's kind of when like social media like Instagram and stuff like that in a way come off most of like authentic mm -hmm. is when like people start their platform because it's something that like they needed when they were younger speaking from personal experience I've always like struggled with like health and fitness mm -hmm. and like not being totally comfortable with my body like all the time so I feel like mm -hmm. this is like just something that like everybody needs oh yeah what would you say is the most rewarding part about connecting with others through Instagram? I get messages like probably once in a blue moon <laughs> where girls are just like, hey, like I just wanted to reach out because 
when you're posting every day and like sometimes like your post doesn't get as many comments or likes as you mm-hmm. would want it to. And I spend a lot of time trying to like figure out words that I wish I had because that's kind of like the theme. Like I, I really want to help people who are just beginning mm-hmm. and who are trying to find confidence. So the most rewarding part is when I get those comments or those DMs that are like, hey, I just wanted to let you know that you've really changed my life. Like you, all the things that you're saying, like I really connect to and like, it feels like someone understands. And when I get those kind of comments, it just like means the world to me because that's what I want to do. That's why I'm doing it. So like I said, when a post totally flops and I'm like, oh man, like that sucks. I really wanted more people to see what I have to say. I think back to those like meaningful messages and it kind of makes it all worth it. That's I so love nice. that. That's like, it just makes me think like trying it back. Meg does all of our like social media and mm-hmm. stuff. And like, obviously we're not like a huge podcast. We're still really small, but like I think like two months ago, like randomly this blogger from like Algeria, like posted us to her story and was like, love this podcast. And I was like, it's just so funny because like, you'll be like, oh, like this post and do that well or like whatever. And then it's like someone like literally on the other side of the world was like, I really like this. (laughs) And like, how did this even happen? Kind of like with the pandemic and everything, like, I just want to hear about like more about your one-on-one coaching. Like, has like, has it been like affected by COVID or just like, kind of like what you like about the one-on-one coaching process and everything. I actually dived into online coaching during the pandemic. Okay, so you're so brave. <laughs> I'm at home all the time. Boston is a red zone. I have family members who are at risk and I just don't want to become exposed if I, like, you know, like I would rather work from inside my own home than be at risk. And it's always something that I've wanted to do and was listening to a podcast over the summer and it was like, you're never going to be perfect. It's never going to be the perfect time to start something because my biggest thing that was holding me back was I'm not qualified enough or I don't know enough or I can't help people. Like, what if I mess up? What if they don't like me? What if they don't like what I am helping them to do? I just really thought more about it'll never, you'll never feel ready it'll never feel like the perfect time. So you just need to dive in and do it. And I took a couple months and developed a actual fitness program, like a two month workout program that had mental health, but also physical health in there, because that's the two things that I'm really diving into. Once I released that, (laughs) I was so excited. And no one within the first 24 hours, only one person purchased it. And it was my mom. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, well, like, thanks. But I know you're not going to use this. And oh, I started so to doubt myself. Then after that, it took off. And I think like 12 people have bought one, which is really big for me. Like I yeah, was expecting, like, you know, it's whatever. So I was excited about that. And then I'm thinking, okay, all of these programs are helping people. So why don't I do one-on-one coaching too? Because I have a bachelor's of science in this. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not like I don't know what I'm talking about. I do. I have the knowledge. I have the skills. I have the experience and I want to help. So why don't I just do it? So I started to offer it. And right now I have four clients 
And it's been really helpful for them and helpful for me to kind of grow my coaching skills. And I'm not a seasoned veteran, you know, like I, I've only been doing it for a shorter period of time, less than a year, but I can really start to see changes that everyone's making and it's really awesome. And it's not just like, I do have some clients that want to lose weight and we're doing it in a healthy way. And in a way where we're not restricting foods or doing any crazy diets or working out or starving yourself, it's just a healthy way. But I also have a client that has three jobs and is also a full-time student. And literally all she can do is those three jobs and be a full-time student. So what we're doing is she's just going for 30 minute walks a couple times a week. And even just that, like for her, it's more focusing on her mental health she's still finding value in the coaching that I'm bringing with her. And with the one-on-one coaching, I'm meeting with them every week on Zoom. And we're talking about what their goals are. How, what can we accomplish in the next seven days? Like I create an Excel sheet for them to fill out. And it's like, what's your win of the day? What, what things do you love about yourself today? You have to list. It's just a lot of confidence and self-love building. And it's been really amazing. <laughs> I love the focus that you put on like mental health too, because like, that's something that's like really big on our podcast too, Mm -hmm. is like addressing the mental health of it all, because we both struggle with it. And like, I think it's important to like, recognize how big of a part that plays in like other stuff as well. Yeah, no, for sure. And like, I love that you're not like partaking in the toxic diet culture and like all that stuff. Like that's literally all you see on Instagram is just like people posting before and after pictures. And it's like, it's not about that. It's about like the fact that you're healthy and that, you know, you're in a better headspace. It's not necessarily how you look. And the thing with Instagram that really just upsets me is that these people don't even look like that. No, they're edited. They're literally they're, edited. They're edited. The, you can see stuff in the background like this. <laughs> like Ben I It's like literally Ben. Or literally think about like when you take a picture for Instagram, you don't just take one. You take like 50 or 100 yeah. and then you the best one. They're doing the same thing with the angle of their body. Mm-hmm. They don't look like that. Like let's stop comparing ourselves to those people. And these before and after pictures, like, come on. I like the before and after pictures, though, that are, like, funny. Like, they're, like, realistic. So it's, like, a girl, like, flexing her abs. And the next picture, it's, like, her literal stomach is out. And she looks like she's five months pregnant. And I'm, like, that's what I like to see. Like, give yeah. me that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. that, that it's, that's real. And, sh- and they always say, like, don't compare yourself to others on social media because, like, this is what we really look like. Mm-hmm. I agree. But the people that I don't like that are doing that, like there's women that are doing that, that are still not really letting it all hang out. There's one girl I follow and she like tried to like hunch over and like force a role in there. And I'm like, why are you trying to be a part of this movement? Because that's not what it's about. Like it's about embracing like our actual selves versus like you're still posing in the second picture. Like what are you doing? Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. It's just not cute. And then I hate all those, like, influencers that do, like, the skinny teas and shit. They're like, oh, yeah, get this detox tea. I'm like, what is wrong? (laughs) Like, celebrities are doing it, too. Yeah, because of that money. And they have all that influence. And, like, or, like, you see people saying, like, oh, take this appetite suppressant lollipop or, like, some shit. And you're like, what? Like, 
that's just so unhealthy. And for like people to see that are vulnerable, like they're going to buy into it, which is so sad. Mm -hmm. It is sad. And I can't imagine being in middle school or high school right now. Like my little cousin is growing up in the era where since she was, I don't know, since she had a phone, she had Snapchat filters. And now all of her Instagram pictures are her with a filter on because that's how kids are seeing their faces that they think that they look better with the filter on. So they're becoming self-conscious of their face because of these stupid Snapchat filters that are supposed to make you look better. Mm -hmm. It's just so sad. And I just wish that there is less bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, no, for real. But I'm just glad that there are like Instagram accounts like yours that are like you like you say such encouraging stuff in your captions. And I don't know, like, hopefully this will bring up like a new movement of people being like, it's okay to be a normal human being and not have to be so like edited and posed all the time. No. And like, you can tell that you put a lot of like, just by looking at your captions and stuff, you can tell you put a lot of thought and like feeling into what you're writing, which like, I really appreciate. And I'm sure a lot of other people appreciate because Instagram is literally trash, trash. And so, well, cause it's like, and I feel like a lot of fitness accounts are in it. It's like a money grab too. Yeah, like yeah. they're in it for the money or they're in it for the, the MLM. Yeah. They're like, oh, like this company just sent me all this workout gear and like all this shit. They're in it for the perks. They're not in it to actually help people, which is the what you're The funniest thing is like <laughs> when they get sent that stuff and then they post for a picture and then you see it on their Poshmark like a week later. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, you don't even like that shit. Why are you? Oh my God. They're like, <laughs> link in bio for my Depop. And it's like, right. the shit they got from like a PR kit. And oh I'm like, didn't I, didn't I just see this on your story last week? Like, <laughs> that's so accurate. Oh my God. I hate Instagram. Money, but like, also, I hate Instagram, but I love it. It's just okay. like, that's <laughs> literally like where we're at, too. Like, I love it. But, and like, I love like going on like, our account and stuff or even like my personal account mm-hmm. but then also sometimes I see stuff and I'm like yeah I'm gonna shut yeah off. yeah no what would you say to someone who is looking to do what you do on Instagram be yourself and don't try to be any of the people that are like what we're talking about the fake I like yeah I only follow people that I feel like are real like I don't need any of that The stuff I like, like the thing I do like about the Instagram algorithm, like especially for your explore page is like when you do see something that you like and you tap on it, like they, you start to see more posts. So like I found so many like great accounts just through my explore page because Mm-hmm. it's like they're giving me content that like I like and it takes a while to find people that aren't like toxic but once you do it's like so worth it yeah and I went through like a fault fo- like an unfollowing spree on my account and just like unfollowed all these like toxic ass people okay that's like great. what I need to do like I'm I'm like a big like I'll like mute people but it's like I sometimes it's, it's like so hard with like unfollowing I feel like it's like so like but like what's the point but... I don't know like I, I don't think that many people are like sitting there like oh my god like yeah no, so right. so unfollowed me like if yeah. you are then like get a job <laughs> that's like another thing that I've like been thinking about lately is like you curate your own Instagram feed mm-hmm. so you can choose to unfollow people that you don't like or 
mute people you don't like. You don't have to see that every day. Mm -hmm. Only follow things that make you happy or things that make you feel good. Mm -hmm. If you're following someone and they constantly make you feel bad about yourself or just like not happy, unfollow them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I think it's really important to be like aware and just say like, am I getting value from this content? Is this person bringing me joy? And if Mm -hmm. they're not, then unfollow unsubscribe all that bullshit well because especially now that we're all in i mean not i guess not everybody's in quarantine but but everybody we're we're in quarantine like the fact that like everybody's on their phone so much like everyone's like watch time is like eight hours oh the screen time and like the amount of the amount of screen time people are spending on instagram and if you're spending Uh it just scrolling past like all this stuff that like doesn't motivate you or doesn't make you want to be a better person Mm -hmm. like what's the point Kind of, I was wondering, like, do you think that getting your degree in, like, occupational therapy has, like, helped your business in any way? Like, just, like, helped your Instagram? Yeah, totally. Some of the assessments that we learn in school I've used on my clients because there's something called uh, an occupational questionnaire that kind of looks at all the different areas of your life, like your physical environment, your social environment, your emotional health, your cultural environment, all of like the different areas of wellness in your life. It kind of takes a survey of what's going on. What are the good things about those things? What are the bad things in it? I've been using that with my clients because it really gets me a good, some of these people I haven't met before. So mm-hmm. hopping on a Zoom call with, call with them, it's important to make goals that are actually specific for them. That's the whole point, right? Like it's not a cookie cutter type thing. So using some of the assessments in occupational therapy with online coaching has been really helpful because occupational therapy really tries to look at the whole person. And I think that health coaching does too. And both of them have the parallels of trying to set goals that are specific for the person that you're working with and trying to reach something that they're passionate about versus just like reaching a number on a scale. Mic drop. Yeah. No, like, I don't know. It's just the whole thing about how like personal and like intimate it is it's just great yeah. I already said but like I grew up being like obsessed with like getting on the scale and like mm-hmm. losing weight and everything and then you realize like when you're older it's like man that fucked me up <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. And it's like, why do you want to be smaller why do you I why don't know, Haley, you I don't know. do you want to wither away like <laughs> I know <laughs> I don't know the- I don't know yeah it's just body dysmorphia is really oh my man. god that shit's real can we talk about that for a second yeah. obviously it's not a question yeah. but it's like i literally remember so like three years ago i transferred to the school that like we met at and like i was like literally lost like all this weight but i thought i was so fat because i was like i was like so depressed and then mm-hmm. now i'm like at a point in my life where i'm like doing a little bit better and i'm like definitely heavier than i was then and i look back and i'm like i look like a skeleton and I'm yeah. like, I literally thought I was like so obese, you know? No, it's just crazy. You'd rather be the person that you are right now who may be heavier than be the person that you were that was really depressed. Like yeah. we put so much emphasis on how we look. And in reality, like when I've been the tiniest, it's been because I've been so effing anxious where I'm not eating. Yeah. And So why am I, I would rather be the weight that I am now and happy and successful in what I'm doing and able to get out of bed than be whatever pounds, tiny and like not able to eat. Like you just, 
it just doesn't make sense. And I hate that society in general, but also just like this fitness culture and just the culture of being a woman. Mm-hmm. It feels like you constantly have to make yourself smaller. Like, like literally just even our like mannerisms, we're supposed to cross our legs. Like, why do we have to be smaller? <laughs> I didn't even think about it like that, no. but you're right. Like, it's like, yeah. you just, like you've been like, we've just been trained to like take up less space. Mm-hmm. And that's also like physically, but also like your spirit and like your voice. Oh my God, emotionally. And too. your emotions. And damn. Wow. This we're is unpacking like, a lot of shit I right know. now. Like, oh my God. I know. Like, I feel like, well, because I feel like it affects like both genders. But oh, then yeah. I feel like a lot of the times with like girls too, they're like, oh, like, don't be so crazy. You're like, oh, like lower your voice, you know? Yeah. Wow. I, I think, I definitely think men have issues too, but I think it's like a special case for women. Like, I think it's even more so. Like, our, like, societal expectations affect us way more than they do men. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Bullshit. (laughs) Okay, on a a lighter note, what's a typical day in your life look like? So, the great thing about living with my partner is that he does all the cooking. So, that's really... (laughs) Cannot cannot relate, girl. Cannot relate. (laughs) He's literally upstairs. Yeah, he definitely hears me. But it's... No, it's fine. That's great. I'm happy for you. (laughs) Anyways, back to her routine. Back to your amazing chef of a partner. Literally, he's been gone this week. And I kid you not, I had toast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Toast is so underrated. It's so good. And you can put so many toppings on. I I know. Okay, back to day in my life. I wake up. I do online classes. All of our classes are online right now. And then I – so I time block my day. So I use Google Calendar. And I time block by hour what I need to get done or else I won't get it all done. And I I do classes. I do my homework. And then I have time blocked amounts of time for my online um, business that I have. And then the evenings are usually going to the gym, taking my dog to the dog park, and spending time with my boyfriend. It's not super exciting or invigorating. <laughs> but that is the reality of life. And yeah. that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I just love hearing about people's like routines and like their yeah. day in their life. Me, me being like nosy as hell. I'm like, okay, so like, what do you do? No, yeah. it's just so interesting, especially now seeing like what everybody oh, yeah. does. And know. people like when I listen to podcasts, people are so specific. Like they're like, I wake up and then I drink 16 ounces of chilled lemon water and then I make my uh, matcha and then I make a smooth. But like that's just not me. Yeah. No. I know. I'm like, um, I roll out of bed. I'm like, I maybe drink water that day. Yeah. <laughs> I make a cup of I usually get a headache and then I'm like, oh, I should probably drink water. Yeah. I should probably have liquid IV. Yeah. Liquid IV. I literally drink that every day. Okay. But I also don't really know how I didn't bring this up sooner, but I think we need to talk about your dog. I got her five months ago now. It's been a dream of my life to get a corgi. I've loved it loved them forever. I finally did it and it was the best decision I've ever made. They're my favorite. Not I mean, even not even dog. They're my favorite animal. Like period. I no. only have corgi socks in my sock Yes. Dress. They're just Okay, they're just superior. I don't like I don't know. I've actually cried like when I've seen one like on the street. Like I've actually like literally teared up. No, and like (laughs) 
we have like this guy that lives on our street oh, and so like we live like right by this park it's not like a dog park but like a lot of people will bring their dogs and just like on leashes and he has a corgi and every single time we like freak out it's just amazing because he'll be walking the dog and like the dog goes to like cross the street to get to the park but his legs are so tiny he has to like jump <laughs> off the curb and I die every time I live for that I no, literally I live for watching him jump off the curb at the dog park doesn't have any friends because she's so slow because she has such little legs that like when they run around like she can't keep up and it's so sad but like also really funny but I mean I guess kind of a serious question with the dog like does like does she like help your business at all or does she like kind of like keep you on like a schedule that like I don't know like I don't really know what help your mental health yeah that would help mine like (laughs) she So this summer, I got really debilitating anxiety, Mm -hmm. and I've always had it, but I've never experienced physical symptoms before. Yeah. And this summer, I went through this really crazy vertigo where I couldn't move for like three weeks. Like it was just constantly spinning. And I went to the ER three times because I thought that there was something like really wrong, Mm -hmm. but it turned out it was physical symptoms of anxiety. And I've been on meds. I've been like, I'm still am. And I just was like, what else? Like I see a therapist, I'm on meds. What else can I do? And when I was kind of going through that, Ellie showed up on, I'm in a Boston Corgi's Facebook room. (laughs) We go to monthly Corgi meetups. There's one next week that is Halloween themed. (laughs) Joking. You're living my dream. Like you're, you're literally living my life. (laughs) I think we we have to move. Oh my God. But she showed up in Boston Corgi's. They Mm -hmm. like, she just posted the breeder posted. And I said to my partner, I was like, I think that I need this dog. Like it was like this like deep gut feeling and she has helped my mental health so much. It's insane how much animals can just like change your life. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy for I you. I was going to say. Like, I'm so happy you did that. Yeah. yeah me too. You, oh, damn. <laughs> they're the best. They are. And my family and like my close friends have been saying this is the best decision that you've made in a really long time like we can just see that you totally made it for yourself and you're really changing because of it and Mm -hmm. so it's been really special and if you're ever considering getting a pet for your mental health I highly suggest it if you can financially do it Mm -hmm. yeah no I know it's a lot of money but they're just so worth it yeah It's a really good investment if you're going to invest in something. Mm -hmm. I think um, eventually you should get Ellie a friend or a sibling so that she can run with them in the park. I know. And then she doesn't have to be really slow. And then My boyfriend boyfriend didn't want a corgi. And literally a month after getting her, he's like, okay, can we get another one? I'm like, yeah, see? They can just follow you around. You'll literally be like Queen Elizabeth with her like 12 corgis. Follow her everywhere. I'm like, that's my vibe. Like there's one picture of her. I think it was on like Vanity Fair or something. I've I've seen that. And she has like literally like eight corgis all around Mm -hmm. her. And I'm like, that... If I had to pick an image of what I wanted my life to be, it would be that. I need to, like, look on Facebook and be like, is there a New Haven corgi group? I don't know. I need one, man. I don't even know. That's so great. So, I guess we should talk about other stuff. I guess. How do you balance all the different things that you do? This was, like, my biggest question. I mean, because you already said that you, like, time block. Yeah. But it's, like, literally, like, your doctorate, having a dog. Being in in a relationship. In a relationship. Like, all this stuff. Like, how do you balance it? Yeah, it's really hard. 
And <laughs> they <said> don't. <laughs> yeah. So that's just like being honest. If I'm trying to accomplish everything, obviously, like I said, the Google calendar, I don't know what I'd do without time blocking my day, but also a tangible thing that listeners can take away is I make a list of everything that I need to get done, just like in general. And then every day I make another list of everything I need to get done for that day. And then I number them by which one I need to do first mm-hmm. and which one I need to do last. So I always get the one that's most important done. And that prioritizing of tasks has been life-changing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I feel like that's just how you have to do it because it can be so overwhelming when you look at, like, this huge to-do list and you're like, my God, I don't even know where to start. Mm-hmm. But it's like, there's some things that, like, need to be done right now. And then some things are that are more like, I mean, like, who cares when it gets done? It's just so satisfying, too, to, like, ch- literally check things off your list and just be like, yeah. okay, like, I did something. I feel good about myself. Like, I'm literally the kind of, sorry to cut you off, but I'm literally the person, like, I make a to-do list every single day, but yeah. I'm literally the person that will write, like, wake up. <laughs> bitch, <laughs> list, and I'm like, you, yeah. you scheduling <laughs> time to wake up. <laughs> but not bitch, still not bitch. Okay. <laughs> but us starting on such a high with the corgi and then just yeah. like getting a little deeper. I don't know if you'd be comfortable getting a little bit into more of like your binge eating disorder and like the journey that you took. I mean, we already talked a little bit about it, but if you wanted to get like a little bit deeper. Yeah, totally. So binge eating is when you emotionally overeat, not just like a pet peeve of mine is when people say, oh, like I binged last night, like I ate a huge thing of pasta. Mm -hmm. And that's just like not what it is. Like it's like eating to the point where you're oversatiated and your stomach is like distended and you're not comfortable. It's not out of hunger. It's out of being emotionally unwell. And it's a really like all you think about is food. Everything is about food. And for me, my way of purging was through exercise. So I'd go to the gym a lot and just spend countless hours there. And I didn't really realize that it was a problem. Like I just thought that like, oh, I must be like really hungry. But then I kind of thought more about like, why I'm doing it. And it was out of a lot of just being unwell. I eventually, like I said, I I saw a therapist who specialized in eating disorders. And if anyone is ever struggling with anything, I think therapy is always the best option because these people have devoted their lives and they're trained to help you. Mm -hmm. And it can be hard to find the right therapist, but when you do, it really is life-changing. I think that eating disorders are becoming talked about more now, but there's still a lot of work to be done. And I think that it's okay to talk about hard times that we've been through and like how I shared about the anxiety that I went through this summer and my eating disorder back then, that's a part of me and I'm okay talking about it because I know that there are a lot of girls and women who are going through it right now that are not as comfortable sharing that with everybody who may feel alone. So posting about it on my Instagram really helped me in recovery because it gave me an outlet to kind of share what I'm going through, but it also helped me because I was helping other people in the process and that's really what helped me recover. But if anyone is ever considering therapy and doesn't know where to get started, I think a great uh, resource is psychology today because you can filter by your insurance if you have insurance and you can filter by gender, you can filter by what they specialize in and by their location. 
So that's a really great place to start looking if you're looking for help. What a great suggestion. I know. I know we already thanked you, like, kind of already for, like, coming on. And obviously, like, this isn't over. But I just, like, wanted to thank you for even, like, coming on to share your story or even, like, coming out and saying that you were willing to, like, talk about your eating disorder. Because, I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I know that, like, I don't even think I've listened to one really that, like, really, like, dives into this. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I just think it's really important to, like, even bring it to the podcast space because a lot of podcasts are about, like, oh, being a girl boss and like, oh, how I created this. Yeah. But it's like, hey, there's like another side to me too. Like, I'm not only like always like 100% like, oh yeah. Like, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you're not always going to be like that. Like you struggle with stuff too. And I'm sure that there's at least one person listening who's like, this is helping. So I feel like you should make a podcast. Yes. <laughs> I say like way too much. The last time I couldn't even listen to it. I was, I started listening and I was like, oh my God, I say like so much. I can't even listen. I felt so. So does everybody our age. Like literally everybody does. I mean, like we all, like we. I say um a lot. That's my filler word. So we both have like our own filler words that like now that I edit our podcast. I mean, I don't really think you say like as much as you think. I feel like I'm like so over tuned mm-hmm. into like what people say. Like she says um a lot and then I say but or I don't know. So I'm, it's like when I'm trying to like bridge words together, I'm like, I don't know. Like yeah. whatever. And I'm like, okay, yes, you do know. Like you're saying it. You don't yeah. have to anyway. But you just have a lot to say. I feel like you're just like wise beyond your years. No, <laughs> I think you really could do like a health and wellness podcast. I, would I think listen. that would be really good. I would listen to. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. You don't have to like do it right now, but if you ever have any questions or anything, you can obviously always reach out and like we can give you suggestions or like kind of like even like equipment, like stuff that we use or whatever. Because I know it is scary. Like at first, if you're like thinking about it, you're like, oh my God, I have to do all these different things. But once you just do it, it just feels so right. Yeah, I like held her at gunpoint to start. (laughs) She was like, we're doing it. Yeah, because like I'm like I went to school for like video production. So I'm like, oh my God, I love the Mm -hmm. camera. Like I love being in the center. I'm not that at all. (laughs) That's why I love podcasting because it's like just my voice. Like you don't have to worry about like what you what you look like or anything. So yeah. I mean, clearly like. Yeah, I look like a literal scrub. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What advice would you give to someone who's struggling with an eating disorder right now? Like I said, see a therapist. Remember when we were talking about toxic fitness people, there's a new niche in fitness called binge eating recovery coaches. There is not a certification to be a binge eating recovery coach. I guess through personal experience, you could do that. But I'm a strong advocate of getting therapy from someone who has their degree in it and is licensed to help. Because As we said, there's a lot of people on Instagram that are trying to make money. And I'm not saying all people are, but I know how much this can impact your life. And it totally ruined mine. I almost dropped out of college. I lost a lot of loved ones, a lot of friends. I lost uh, my partner at the time, all due to this. And I think trying to get the most effective therapy possible is important. I mean, it is a broad statement of me to say like, don't trust these people on Instagram. I'm sure some of them are great and some of them have really good intentions, but for something this serious, I would go to a licensed therapist because you wouldn't see someone that wasn't licensed to help you if you were depressed or help you if you were anxious. And having an eating disorder is just as serious of a mental illness and it needs to be treated like it. 
get help from someone who has a specialty in it and who can give you tangible tools to help you. Well, like eating disorders are the most lethal out of any mental illness. So Mm -hmm. I think people forget that. So many people like deprive themselves of food or like, you know, whatever the case is. And like you said, yeah, it's really important to see someone who is licensed. Yeah. And there's so many people that say that like they're like coaches and stuff like that. And like, that's fine. But like, I think maybe that could be like a supplemental thing or like, maybe something that could even help you like after you're done with therapy or something, something to keep, to keep with you motivated or something mm-hmm. like, like a, like a source of accountability. Yeah. But like, it should be something that you do yeah. with actual therapy. Yeah. First and foremost though. Yeah. You, you gotta go to therapy like hundred mm-hmm. percent. And like, what's great now is that like, if you have social anxiety or something too, like you can do telehealth sessions so many, like, I know, what is it like better health? I think they do stuff like yeah. online. I don't even think you have to like, video chat you can literally just call someone Mm -hmm. so I think that's like a great tool it's just like just talk to someone like it doesn't matter who just talk to someone yeah another great tool that I know a lot of states are doing I know the state of Massachusetts is is Mm -hmm. if you go to their COVID website a lot of states are offering free counseling Mm -hmm. uh, during COVID for people who don't have insurance. So if you're struggling and you don't have insurance, there is help for you. There are national hotlines and there's also uh, potentially free therapy in your state. Okay. That's how it should be all the time, but yeah, I guess that's too political. It only took a (laughs) pandemic. to. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how do you see that your own experience with disordered eating, how do you think that allows you to help others better? I don't think my disordered eating helps me, but I think being able to connect with people based off, because the people that I'm working with don't have a disordered eating that I know of. The people that I'm working with are influenced by, or some of them that I'm working with right now, are influenced by the stigma that you need to be smaller that's the biggest thing that people come to me with how do I lose weight or how do I get rid of fat around my stomach or thighs it's a lot of reassurance and talking to them about the fact that that's not what they need to be focusing on and like often if you're trying to be smaller if you're trying to lose weight it's not coming from like a healthy place and Mm -hmm. some people are and that's why I'm working with one girl on losing weight because she genuinely is in a really good spot mentally and she's not doing it because she feels like she needs to be smaller she's doing it because she wants to be able to play more with her children you need to see where it's coming from you know and I think being able to decipher between the genuine people that need to or that want to lose weight and the genuine people that are just need a mindset change that's from my experience with just going through this whole thing with fitness and eating disorders yeah because I feel like in a way like you would be able to tell like whether or not somebody is being like honest with themselves or if they're like Mm -hmm. putting up a front and like trying to like pass it off as something yeah especially with like all the questions and stuff that you ask them and like the Mm -hmm. questionnaires like I think that gives you a good gauge of like where they are mentally Mm -hmm. do you think you're at a place where you're confident in yourself honestly yeah like Uh, This summer I went to my boyfriend's family has a lake house and it was the first time like when I had gone places in my bathing suit in the past I'd always be trying to like adjust it just right so it looks like perfect or like make sure to like hike up my bottom so it 
covers my hips and just being so insecure. And this was the first time where I didn't even like think about that. And I just like kind of moved however I wanted without like being afraid that like my body would jiggle. I've just kind of like accepted that like I have a body and it's meant to like jiggle and move and fold and Mm -hmm. do all those things. So that was really amazing. And another thing I, when you are in recovery, things kind of trickle into your recovered life with you. And one of mine was eating any kind of pasta or adding oil to things. Mm -hmm. And we joked about earlier how my boyfriend cooks everything. (laughs) Him cooking everything has actually really helped me because Mm -hmm. I take less focus on kind of oh my God, I'm adding like two tablespoons of olive oil. That's so-and-so calories. Instead, I just like eat the food. And that is kind of like a privileged thing of me to say. Like that's that's really privileged that I have someone that is able to cook me dinner, but it really has helped with my recovery. And I'm really thankful to have that relationship in my life. I feel like it just kind of shows. I mean, even just like through Zoom, I feel like I'm not going to speak for you, but I yeah. feel like I can just tell that you're confident in yourself. And so, like, it's just really cool to see. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like you wouldn't be able to, like, start this business if, like, of helping other people if you couldn't help yourself first. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, it came from you being in that negative place, but, like, now you're better and, like, you're in a position to help other people, mm-hmm. which I think is great. I needed to experience that negative place to be mm-hmm. able to help and connect with people the way that I do. Mm -hmm. I don't know I think it's just like a different level like I know like I I have anxiety like clinical anxiety and like when Mm -hmm. I speak to my therapist like she has it too Mm -hmm. so it's just like a different level of like intimacy and like Mm -hmm. understanding when someone has like been through the same thing it's one thing to just tell someone and they like sympathize but it's another thing when someone can empathize Mm -hmm. I agree yeah, I think it's a lot more heal, and it can it can help you heal too. Like if you're the person that's helping, it can help you like kind of go through your past and just like make peace with it. What's your opinion on body positivity versus body neutrality? Well, I was actually talking to someone about this the other day that the body positivity movement has kind of been taken over by people who have privileged bodies. And it's actually made for people who do not have privileged bodies. So people who have bodies that may be disabled or they're in a wheelchair or someone who is overweight, it's supposed to be a space for those people to find acceptance and positivity with their body. Mm -hmm. And mainstream media has kind of taken that platform away from them. And that's kind of upsetting I think it's great to be happy with your body, but I think when it comes to the body positivity movement, that space was meant for them and those people like women and men and all in between who are overweight or disabled don't have a lot of platforms to begin with. Mm -hmm. So it's really upsetting to learn that that space was meant for them and then we took it over. I used to be really into using the body positivity hashtag. But since I learned that I stopped just because I want to make sure that they have that space too. And Mm -hmm. their bodies should be celebrated. And oftentimes in media, it's not celebrated. So taking giving them that space to celebrate their bodies, because they're just as beautiful as a privileged body. Like my body is privileged, because I don't store a lot of fat in my abs and that I'm a healthy weight and that's a privileged body because when people see me they don't automatically make a comment about my body in their head 
people who are disabled or people who are overweight, sometimes people do. The body positivity movement is really meant for those people who experience that initial comment by society. So that's kind of like my outlook on it. It's something that I recently have changed my outlook on, but yeah. yeah. I mean, like I didn't even really hear about body neutrality until like yeah. a few months ago. When I mean, like if anybody's listening and they don't really know what body neutrality is, I guess I would explain it as not, it's not really being like, oh, I hate my body or like, oh, I love my body. It's just like being like, I'm grateful for like what my body can do, mm-hmm. I guess is what, like how I would describe it. And so like, it wasn't until like maybe last year too that I even realized that like body positivity can come across as almost like condescending in a way because Mm -hmm. then it's like privileged people that are like oh my god I love my body and it's like okay but you have like a six-pack yeah and it's like and like not to demean them and say that like they don't like work hard for it but like or they aren't yeah serving of loving themselves yeah I know because they are everyone is it's just like people that are overweight or people that are disabled like they need that love because people don't always give it to them right exactly I always think of like Lizzo and how, yeah. how many people like shit on Lizzo and like her body and everything and everything like that. And I feel like there should be like that place for like people like, I don't know, like people like her who are like totally torn down over their weight mm-hmm. and like they should be able to like celebrate their bodies in that way. So, and I think that that's what the body positivity movement was supposed to be. And I don't think it was anyone's fault that it was kind of like taken over, but it's something that. I think it's great, but I think um, body neutrality, I'd never heard about that term before you just explained it. So that's mm-hmm. kind of cool. I like that idea that we're not like really overthinking our body about our bodies. We're just kind of like, yeah, this is my body. And like, I like it. Like, yeah. It's just kind of like, just, I mean, that's kind of like what something my mom always said that like, just to put things in perspective, like when you're having a bad day, like just say, Hey, I can breathe. I can walk. I can run. I can smile, I can see, I can Mm -hmm. hear, I can taste. I like all that stuff, just like Mm -hmm. focusing on your senses and like what you're able to do. Like if you can go on a hike, like you can like be proud of the fact that like you're able to do that because not everyone can do that. Mm -hmm. And just like being aware of like the privilege that you do have. No, I think I heard it from like Demi Lovato or something because like everybody knows she's struggled with like weight and stuff like her whole life. But I think she was the one that like, I first heard it from, which I mean, I really like the idea of it because as someone who's also struggled with like, just like my own like self image and things like that, just like realizing that like, Hey, my body's pretty cool. Even if I'm not like super skinny, Mm -hmm. like I can still do other things. Do you think that like quarantine has in just like 2020 in general, I suppose has affected the way that people look at their own bodies? Probably. I mean, think about all the extra time that we have Mm -hmm. just like, to be in our houses and thinking about everything. But I think like something that I'm hearing from a lot from people who have bought my guides or have just talked to me, like inquiring about fitness coaching is like, oh, I've gained so much weight. But it's like, you're surviving a pandemic right now. There's so much turmoil in this world right now between systemic racism, politics, and pandemic we're going through so much shit and you're surviving it if that's eating out of comfort like who cares and if you're finding satisfaction in watching netflix and eating a really good snack and spending time with your loved ones in quarantine who cares if you gained weight 
It's just weight. Like you can fix that. That's like something you can change, but you can't change if you have coronavirus. Right. Like you you can change it. You can change it, but you also don't have to change it. Like, no, it's perfectly fine. Like, like, if you wanted to, you could, but you literally don't have to. And like, everyone, everyone's weight fluctuates. Like you might be five pounds heavier one week. And then like when you're on your period, you retain, you know what I mean? Like your body constantly, like if you get on the scale in the morning, it's going to be different than when you get on at night. Yeah. That's why it's like so dumb to focus on the number. Yeah. I know. And like, you're not really hurting anybody else by like the only thing you can do sometimes some days is just like cook or bake. Yeah. Like it's not really yeah. hurting anybody else to do that. Yeah. Like if you, if you want to like, you know, make a cake, go for it. If you want to go for a walk, go for it. I think this is like a time where it's okay to be productive, but it's also okay to be lazy. Like it's whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And we are in our country is very like the standard is that everyone needs to be very productive and go, mm-hmm. go, go. The pandemic is really forcing us to naturally unwind and relax So learning how you can do that in a new way, learning how to relax, that may incorporate more cooking, that may incorporate more eating, and that's okay. And you're, like I said, you're surviving this, you're getting through this craziness that's going on right now. If you gain a couple pounds because of that, to me, not a big deal. I agree. What advice would you give to someone looking to have more confidence in their body, especially in quarantine? I know we talked about this a little bit, but... I would say one, DM me and maybe we can work on it together. Yep. Um, <laughs> You're not alone. No one's alone here. Her Instagram's down below. Yeah. And also that unfollow train is a huge confidence booster because even on TikTok, hitting uh, not interested on the people that make you feel uncomfortable or not happy with your body on Instagram, unfollowing the people that don't bring you joy will totally improve your confidence. And that's something that you can do right after listening to this podcast. So that can totally increase your confidence right off the bat. Something that I would say is to like maybe put on an outfit or something that you're like comfortable in that makes you feel good. So mm-hmm. if that's like a dress and heels or if that's like a literal tie-dye like set. Like sweat set. Or yeah. something or like a sports bra, like literally whatever, just like put it on and mm-hmm. just like hang out and like you just feel so much better about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Crazy. If it's a snuggy, like go for it. <laughs> One of my go-to things is to have days where I don't love like exactly what I look like. And on those days, (laughs) I put on an outfit that I feel really comfortable in, like a cute dress or something, like something I like would only wear if I was like going out on a date or something. Mm -hmm. I make myself like really cute. And then I play some Nicki Minaj and then I like try to dance. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really bad at dancing, but it makes me feel really confident just like watching myself dance and like having fun. So, um, <laughs> so, so put on some music and like just like do a little twerk. <laughs> <laughs> we twerk for ourselves, not for other people. Yeah. Thank you. I know, especially like right now. Yeah, I saw that. That's, That's the motto. It was like it was like <laughs> girls twerk. girls twerk for themselves and for other girls. Yeah. <laughs> And, and for gays, yeah, not, <laughs> not, for, not for boys. Obviously, with everything going on in these unprecedented times, it Ugh. can be hard to stay positive. But I know that you, like, value having a positive mindset. So, like, what are benefits for you of having, like, a positive mindset if it's if you're able to have one, like, during yeah. this time? 
hot take. I don't think that I should be like, I used to be like toxically positive, like, Oh yeah. Really just over the top. And people finally were like, Haley, like stop. There are things that aren't great all the time. Mm -hmm. So 2020 actually has been my year of becoming like more of a bitch, which (laughs) sounds really awful. Okay. But but (laughs) yeah, because that's where a lot of my anxiety came from just being toxically positive mm-hmm. and something that my therapist taught me was that some anxiety is actually anger instead of trying to act toxically positive when I'm upset I'm actually upset now and yeah. I allowed myself to kind of experience all of my emotions and that's really helped me through quarantine because there are some things that have happened that are just so incredibly upsetting and if I were to try to be 100% positive this whole time I wouldn't be true to myself being a bitch when I need to be (laughs) and being upset when I need to be and being happy when I need to be just being myself has what's helped me the most. I love that. Like we did a whole episode about um, toxic positivity because we were like, we were big toxic positivity people. Oh, like yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. oh my God, everything happens for a reason. And I was like, oh, Aaron, like hundreds of thousands of people died for a reason. Like <laughs> one, like, like you're, I was like, you sound like the biggest idiot. And yeah. so like, I was really just like suppressing everything down and then it just comes up and you're like, <laughs> like, yeah. it's just not good. No. And so now like, I feel like Aaron and I, like we, like we, like she said, we used to be like really toxic, just yeah. like positively toxic all the time. And so I think something that we both like kind of say is, or like that we both do is just like, we'll just straight up be like, yo, this fucking sucks. Or like, we just like literally say things like it is now. And I feel like we didn't used to do that before, but I've been noticing that like, we kind of call it out as Mm -hmm. it is. And I feel like there's something to be said about like living authentically and like saying what you really mean. And like, it's just so freeing. Yeah. (laughs) Like not worrying about like what other people think or like you're, you literally just like, say what you say and like feel what you feel I totally agree and I would rather be the person that like shares my actual emotions and Mm -hmm. how I'm feeling and talk about things passionately than be someone who is so happy go lucky about everything because in reality everything is not happy go lucky Mm -hmm. I think that's like we've also had this conversation where you're talking about how like this pandemic has made us like not afraid of like confrontation or like (laughs) Just like you know what I mean, like I, if like, I see I if care. I see someone like not wearing a mask, I'm like, yo, where's your mask? Like, put that shit on. Like, I, I don't like I literally don't care. Like, before I was always like such a people pleaser, and now like I just genuinely just do not give a shit anymore. Yeah, you guys are like saying exactly. We I feel like if we were like if we knew each other in prison, we'd be friends. Oh, um, no, 100%. Like, yeah. we need to hang out. <laughs> no, because, like, we work, so, like, obviously, we have the podcast together, yeah. and, like, we live together, but um, we also work together. Um, We, like, work at a coffee shop together. When we're there, I'm, like, I literally turn into, like, a different person. Like, people don't have their masks on, and I'm, like, I will kill you right now. I'm, like, put it on. Yeah, like, I'm literally gonna grab your, like, snatch your wig right now. And like, I, put that shit on. I just think it's funny that it's, like, it's, like, it was, like, a 70-year-old man today, and he didn't have a mask on and I was like what are you doing like sir uh yeah put that yeah so it's just I don't know I think we've all just become savages and I'm here for it yeah do you have a favorite podcast or Instagram account that motivates you or you could say a couple yeah doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. just one 
Oh boy. Okay. My favorite podcast right now is Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. Oh, oh my God. I one. love that one. It I don't is know why uh, I just got so excited. Well, it's an amazing it's a podcast. podcast. It's so good. He dives into mental health so much. I was actually just listening to it today. And I just love her. I mm-hmm. think that she in the past year has become so real and so just like open about all the struggles she has. That's my favorite podcast. As for Instagram, you could say your own. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't judge you. I, that's your passion project. That's your baby. It is my it is my baby. I'm not gonna lie. I really do love it. But let me just look really quickly and see if there's one that pops out. I found one girl that I like the most right now, who I'm like really loving everything. Her name is Haley Hoffman Smith. And she is a influential speaker who got onto Forbes this year. Mm-hmm. She went viral on TikTok and she really just talks about like how you can literally do anything in your life, which I agree with. Like you can, if you set a goal and worked really hard towards it and put like a lot of effort into it, no matter what it was, you probably would achieve it. And it's just a lot of like motivational talks and it's like in TikTok, TikTok form. So it's a quick little motivational like snippet that you can get every day. And I really like it. I know she does great stuff. Like I, I like she just started a YouTube channel. I don't know if you watch it. Yeah. She just started it and I started watching it too. We're literally the same person, but um, <laughs> no, but I started watching it too. And she talks a lot about like manifestation yeah, and like, love that just shit. like, like angel numbers and stuff mm-hmm. like that, which I literally know nothing about and need to learn. I just think it's so interesting though. I know. Like, yeah. I, I love, like, seeing, like, those posts that, like, say stuff and you scroll all the way to the end and it's, like, all the numbers. Yeah. Like, I, like, I just think that's so cool. But our final question is what's, like, the last thing or, like, what's, like, the biggest takeaway you want to leave the audience with? So what I want to leave everyone with is that right now it can be really hard, especially with social media, to feel confident about who you are and your body and yourself. The biggest thing that I want to tell you guys is that you're not alone in that everyone is going through some kind of tough time right now. And if yours is about the way that you look or anything about your body, there are resources that can help you. And it's not your fault that you feel this way. Society is really fucked up. And (laughs) it is okay and we are getting through this together and if you need any kind of help or interested in um, one-on-one health coaching fitness coaching or confidence shoot me a dm again like we said her instagram is going to be linked down below so you can click the link and shoot her a dm this episode was great again yeah. i just wanted to reiterate yeah. that you need a podcast Thank yeah you. <laughs> i know you. you're twisting my arm i might do it <laughs> who knows you have to you have to <laughs> Like, you're just, like, a natural speaker. I feel like you're doing people a disservice by not having a podcast. In our personal opinion. And I feel like people that consume a lot of podcasts, like, are good podcasts. Well, yeah, because then, like, you you know what you like, you know? It's, like, people that, like, read a lot are good writers. It's, Mm -hmm. like, kind of, like, the same thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I just think you should do it, but in my humble opinion. (laughs) Maybe I will. We'll see. Oh, (laughs) But thank you so much for coming on. This was really fun. Yeah, we love you. <laughs> You're having me. And like, let's like be friends now.